All right, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to the Fan and the Fanatic podcast with Greg and Matt. Um, episode three uh, coming out today. Got a lot of football to talk this week. Um, a crazy, weird week of NFL up- upsets. Um, just like really weird stuff happening on Sunday. Um, and then we'll get into a little bit of the UH versus San Diego State game with a quote-unquote packed T.C. Ching Stadium. Uh, finally got fans in there. Uh, and then quickly we'll talk about some basketball stuff, and then me and Matt will give our uh, predictions for the MLB awards at the end. So without further ado, we will start us off with uh, the topic everyone's waiting for, the Cowboys-Broncos game. Matt, why don't you go ahead, take it away. What happened on Sunday? What happened? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I mean, it was a true, true shocking upset. Because I don't think anybody was predicting it to be like this. I mean, Dallas simply just got beat in every single aspect of the game. I mean, Denver, give them credit. They obviously, you know, came ready to play, which obviously we were not expecting, you know. With the loss of Von Miller, I think Dallas probably thought they would fold and probably lose their edge and identity. But it seems like they might have found something, you know, that maybe, you know, that defense is truly, truly legit. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, they just took it to us. There's really no it's not really a hard you know, breakdown. It's just they literally were more physical. We were out coached and they just executed better. I will say this though, the one thing that made me really upset was my quarterback. He was he oh, was no. awful. Just awful. I mean, I don't know how much you watched of the game, but obviously, you know, I'm Mr. Cowboy Fanatic. I watch every single game that I can possibly watch of every second no matter whether they're winning by 60 or losing by 60. And then they, it felt like they were losing by about 100 in this game. And, yeah, Dak Prescott, you were terrible, my friend. This was probably your worst game of your career. <laughs> it was That's how bad it was. It was awful. It was hard to watch. He was missing easy throws. And it's not just missing. Like, he flat out overthrew guys, wasn't making the correct reads. And the problem was they were going three and out, three and out, and giving the ball right back to Denver. And the defense, you know, you know, a lot of people were saying that they weren't, you know, they were exposed and they gave up a lot of points. But my analysis was they were on the field way too long. So by the second half, they were just, they are gassed. I think Denver Denver's time of possession was almost twice, twice Dallas's. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's the difference yeah so i did not watch that game um lucky you (laughs) i did i did think it was gonna be a blow i mean i think everyone did i think vegas had 
the line at 10, the Cowboys 10, winning by 10. 10. Um, you know, so I'm sure a lot of people lost a lot of money on that um, game, unfortunately. Um, Someone I know lost some money in that game. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Anyway, um, yeah, so the it's just a... I, I was thinking, you know, going into the game, uh, similar to what kind of everyone else was thinking, the Cowboys are rolling, you know, coming off a bye nonetheless. Um, so this is I, their, their second game off the bye because they oh, played sorry, Minnesota sorry. last week. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Second game off the bye. But but Dak also didn't play last week. So I don't know if it was Rust. Um, he's still a little banged up. He got scared. Cooper Rust is going to start causing some uh, some QB controversy. I, I don't know. You know, it's happening in, in is this New York the Mike right now. White, Zach Wilson, two point Mike White. <laughs> yep, exactly. All over again with uh, Cooper Rush now. Um, who knows? You know, Jerry's a pretty fickle man, so I guess we'll have to see. But uh, now, nah, I'll just decide. Um, it was, uh, yeah, just a straight shellacking by the Denver Broncos, who, like he said, lost their heart and soul of their entire. You know, defense, let alone our their team. Sorry, team. Yeah, their team. <laughs> but, like, geez, man. Um, I don't know if, you know, who decided to step up in that locker room. Uh, but clearly something worked. Um, but, yeah, just another one of those, like, weird. Um, I don't want to call it quite a cowboy moment. You know, like Stephen A is going all crazy, like, oh, the Cowboys lost and blah, blah, blah. But Stephen A had them, what, number one on his uh, top five NFL teams. So, I mean, whatever, man. Uh, but, but yeah, it just kind of seemed like um, just an anomaly of a game. I'm hoping at least for Cowboys because I think Dak had under 100 yards passing with – going into the fourth or yeah going into the fourth quarter like and you know it's one thing to you know not have anything going but to yeah like you said just go three and out um putting the defense in a position like that i mean it's hard when you know they're constantly on the field you i mean everyone in the nfl are professionals um we've seen that so i mean yeah just a weird game i don't i think it's always like those AFC teams that come into come into, you know, they're playing the Cowboys and whatnot. And because this is this is fairly reminiscent of that uh that Titans Cowboys game a couple years ago when Marcus uh Mariota was still leading the Cowboys, uh the Titans, I'm sorry. Um and the Cowboys were just starting to hit their stride, you know, and everything. And Marcus comes out and just beats them at home. This is, I mean, I want to say this is quite the same because Dallas is doing much better this season. But just one of those weird, like, I don't know if they were flat. Were they flat? Were they just, you know, like, it's because they're playing Denver. There's no motivation. Right. There, or... I think they're just riding high. They're a little, maybe it's a good thing. I mean, yeah, a little I slap in the face, a little wiggle. Yeah. Ball. Yeah. They're, they're back down to earth now. And yeah. I think. The real the real question is what they do next week. If they win and they get back on track against Atlanta, 
it's a fluke. Like, you know, they're back on track. Mm-hmm. Everything's fine. But if they lose, you know, especially to Atlanta like this, then well, okay. Hey, now you some know, questions are going to be raised. Atlanta is four and two in their past six games. So it's, you know, everyone is, oh, Atlanta, Atlanta. But, you know, they, I mean, uh, given that, um, you know, the Saints didn't have Jameis obviously out there, right? But, I mean, hey, they, you know, in true Atlanta fashion, jumped out to a huge lead early, completely choked it away, but able, you know, the boy Young Way Koo able to uh, save it, save it for Matt Ryan again. But um, Atlanta's kind of one of those sneaky teams, I think, in that NFC division. They're kind of hot right now. Um, is the game next week in Dallas? I'm not too sure it is yeah, in, Dallas. It's in Dallas. That line is nine. So I think people are expecting a, a blowout, but you know, Atlanta, another tough team. I guess we'll have to see. But yeah, I think for your sake, we just need to see some back to what we saw earlier in the season from Dak because I mean, Zeke, you know, obviously isn't 2016 Zeke. Um, he's not going to just put the entire team on his back. The offensive line is banged up, right? I think Tyron – is Tyron Smith even playing? Did he play this last week? No? No, Ty Smith missed this game. Mm-hmm. He's he's probably out a couple weeks. Okay. So, I mean, it's going to be all in Dak's hands to get the ship righted here. So, you know, hopefully uh, – I don't know if they just needed a little wake-up call. They, they weren't used to winning so much. I mean, I don't know, Matt. I don't – and uh, so, but honestly, I think they'll be fine. They they still have a fairly weak schedule. Probably end up winning the division, but yeah, you the don't want to see. Is they didn't lose any ground in the division this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the yeah. one positive that came out of the weekend. Yeah. Well. Anyway, um, but. We can move on from them. <laughs> they lost. Yeah, we, I, we can move on. I know you don't want to talk about that too much. So let's it's go a, ahead. It's Blue Monday right now. Let's go ahead and just we're going to run down briefly um, some of the things that happened this week that kind of caught us by surprise. How about what I thought was the biggest surprise, honestly, of Sunday was the Bills uh, playing – in Jacksonville against the Jaguars, um, I think I saw a stat that said the Jag it's the first Jaguars win on US soil in like this year. over a year. <laughs> it's it's been oh, like over four, a year, like four hundred something days since the Jags last won a game <laughs> against the That's Buffalo right. Bills, nonetheless. Yeah. Because so, their first they won their first game of the season last year, and uh-huh. then they lost out, right? Yeah. Until they won in London this year. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just Chaos. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what happened. Buffalo was riding so high for so long, um, you know, Josh Allen on his way to competing for, you know the MVP potentially. Um, I mean, I guess they were on a bit of a snipe by their standards, you know, that last game against Miami, it was close. Uh, most of the game until late, they kind of pulled away. They lost to the Titans. Um, 
but kind of don't know what to make of this game. I mean, six to nine, like they really had just nothing, uh, nothing going there, I guess. But I Josh mean, Josh Allen was sloppy though. I think well, he had what, three. One Josh Allen was sloppy. We should oh, true. That. We we should say that because one Josh Allen dominated this game. <laughs> uh, that would be the is he an edge? I what do they call him these days? He's a he's a tackle, I think. He's, well, oh, he plays inside. He's an inside rusher. But I think he was. Do they I play a three four? I, I I don't know if they play a three four, but you know whatever we want to call him down D lineman linebacker whatever Josh Allen of the Jags on defense <laughs> I think what was it he sacked Josh Allen recovered Josh a Allen fumble Josh Allen yep and picked off Josh Allen all in the same game pretty crazy you know they were already linked in like weird ways not only the name but they were set the seventh overall pick in back-to-back draft classes um so just a lot of I mean, both of them are studs, but yeah, just a really weird, uh, weird game. And it's going to look real unfortunate uh, for my QB uh, tier list, having Josh Allen. Uh, I think I had him at three or four. Uh, How do you think my I look with Dak Prescott? I had him at three. <laughs> okay, okay. So both of our QB lists are probably going to have to change after this week. But I mean... With everything that, and actually, you know, Jacksonville lost Trevor Lawrence in that game. So even more <laughs> so, I think, um, I, I don't even think, was Robinson even playing this week? I know he's yeah. been banged up. Hyde was the lead back. So Hyde game. was the lead back. <laughs> they lost Trevor Lawrence going up against, I mean, it's hard to blame Buffalo's defense. They only let up nine points, you know, Um I but, think the Bills had everyone, right? Except Knox. Yeah, and so no, Knox was out. Just I don't know if who, who lit the fire in, in the Jags locker room because was it Urban? Was it good old Urban? <laughs> I mean, he all that distraction going on. He was dancing know. in the locker room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was dancing in the locker room after the game for sure. Um that needs to be like a show in itself, like just the Urban Meyer show. We just follow him around with the camera all day. But man, um, just weird things coming out of um the AFC. Um, not, honestly, there wasn't much to talk about. The the Bills just came out laid an egg, um, against the Jags, who are potentially the worst team in the NFL. Um. Because even the Jets are starting to look vastly better. Okay, I, there's Detroit. I think Detroit has something yeah, to say Detroit. about that. Detroit, yeah. Um, but, man, I just don't – I don't know what to say about that one. Um, I guess the Bills going to try to bounce back. The Jags, is it a lost season? I mean, they can they even con- be considered to tank now? I mean, that's two wins for them now, so um, – I guess who knows? We'll we'll have to see and uh, check in on that one. Um, another struggling AFC team. Let's transition here. The Packers Chiefs game. You know, obviously before Rodgers went out with COVID, this would have been one of the marquee matchups I think of the weekend. 
I think all eyes would have been on this game to watch Aaron Rodgers go at it uh, with Patty Mahomes there. Um, and, you know, I really thought that this game in particular, uh, the Chiefs were finally going to break out of their slump um, against the Packers led by Jordan Love. Um, and it just didn't happen again. I think they scored on, was it their opening drive? Um, well, they scored in the first half early, and I'm pretty sure they got shut out in the second half. So they did, yes, at home. It was 13 nothing at half. It was 13, yeah, it was 13 nothing at half. And they just let, I mean, the Packers are still a professional football team, too. I mean, even if they're being led by Jordan Love. Um, you let a team hang around, you know, like that's a dangerous game to play as we saw tonight, um, actually, which we'll get to later, but yeah, the, just, I don't know what's going on with the chiefs. Um, I, I don't know what's going on with Patty Mahomes. I don't know if Andy Reid is, you know, like struggling to adapt to how defense are, are playing him. Um, but they're just kind of out of sync right now as an offense, it seemed like just, can't because they can't run the ball, um, so they have no play action. And no, they can run the ball, they just choose not they to choose run the not. Ball. Okay, sorry, they There's choose not to run the ball because that's it's part not, of their downfall. Their, I mean, their offensive line, it's not you know bad necessarily. Um, and I think they just are so in love with that big play and they're in love with being the Chiefs and that high flying offense. I'm not sure if Andy wants to go away from that, um, but I guess we'll we'll have to see because I really thought this was going to be the week that uh, Patty Mahomes just busted one open at home, you know, with everything that's going on, and they just still can't seem to figure that one out. Um, I think if Rodgers played that, they run away with it. It would have been a different game. Yeah, yep. I think so, easily. Um because, I mean, we saw what Rodgers was able to do uh, in Arizona down his top three receivers. So, I mean, if Kansas City's only going to score 13 points, I think Rodgers puts up way more than 13 points. Um, and he had his guy back. Oh, yeah, and, and Devontae was back. So, I mean, he's just – yeah. Hopefully um, – that AFC West is tight, man. I mean, I think they're all within half a game of each other. Uh, so that whole division is wide, probably the most wide open division in the league yep. right now. Uh, I mean, even with Denver's win this weekend, they're only they're right a back half in game back. Yeah, they're, they're right back and in four. And I mean, same record as the Chiefs. The Raiders are kind of trending down. They're going through a lot of that uh, turmoil in the locker room right now. Ugh. Um, the Chargers, you know, they're pulling out these wins, but they're not real convincing impressive wins i mean herbert had like an 85 percent completion percentage whatever 300 yards but i mean you know philly's been that kind of wild card up and down team all year and um i don't know if they just were good philly that uh that night or um chargers just can't seem to pull up pull away from anyone kind of get that convincing win yet so i'm still not i would i was actually really high on them i'm really not too sold on them anymore um and then so it's like who is the best team in that division right now if like i really could not tell you um, after after this weekend so yeah that 
that's going to be interesting. I think a big key, though, it's going to be uh, when we find out around this time tomorrow when uh, Odell clears waivers, uh, because it seems like there's a lot of interest. Um, sounds like from the Raiders, I think the Saints, and people are even throwing Kansas City's name in there. So I think he could help shape kind of that deeper playoff run for them. Um, for a lot of teams, actually, that need that, you know, second wide receiver to kind of give them a boost there. Um, I will say, I think the Raiders are out on Odell, though, because they just signed Deshaun. Yeah, they, sh- they, they did. Yeah, they signed Deshaun. But I don't think they're getting Odell. I do think Odell is going to go to Seattle. Really? Seattle? Pete Carroll made a comment today. I think they said, like, oh, like, what's your take on the Odell thing? And his response was, we'll see. but it was like that questionable we'll see like are you trying to hide something like do you know something that we don't know so i wouldn't be surprised to me it doesn't make sense but (laughs) hey let the seahawks bring themselves down (laughs) no problem with that i'm sure ashley loves that you say that on here um (laughs) it's fine everybody knows that (laughs) everybody knows i don't like to see how Um, okay, so moving on to another, uh, pretty, I mean, I would say this is the number two biggest, uh, upset of the week. The Titans going into LA, shocking the LA Rams at home, who are also, you know, rolling along, uh, in that offense. And, um, honestly, got to give credit to Tennessee's defense here because the offense without Derrick Henry, I mean, did enough i guess at the end of the day but really wasn't too impressive overall i wasn't too impressed they weren't really moving the ball well uh it was kind of just those yeah it was kind of just those blunders by uh honestly it was our boy maddie stafford all we had uh, the rams had i think had over 10 penalties too that 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 was that was their offense that that did kill them yep yep um some questionable calls there i would say that one Aaron Donald um, roughing the passer, quote unquote, with kind of he just shoved Tannehill. It wasn't high. It wasn't low. It was pretty bang, bang uh, as Tannehill was falling out of bounds. Really questionable roughing the passer there. That kind of basically sealed the game uh, late in the fourth quarter there. But yeah, um Maddie Stafford, he just kind of made the two big uh, mistakes back to back. That was the game. That just kind of put him down, and they could That's never fourteen quite, points. Never quite recover from that. Um, and I don't, yeah, that first pick that he threw, just I, like everyone was saying the Carson Wentz thing, right? He, he looked like I was going to say he looked exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, he looked exactly <laughs> like uh, Carson Wentz against the Titans. So I don't know if the Titans are just. Uh, really good at making quarterbacks casting a spell on them or something. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but man, that guy Jeffrey Simmons is an absolute tank. Like that guy is moving linemen with one hand, swatting the ball with the other hand, or just like disrupting the play. And I was really impressed by that Titans defense. Um, You know, Vrabel got them playing hard. They played tough. 
they brought it to the Rams. He's a perfect coach for them, I yeah, think. Yeah, he is that perfect blue collar. From the Belichick, the Belichick yep. tree. Put your hand down, kind of just get after it, kind of defense. Um, and yeah, just too many mistakes um, from the Rams, and it was too little, too late. Um, kind of made it a little bit of a game at one point, but yeah, just too much to overcome there um, in that first half. So, bottom line is don't make penalties and don't turn the ball over, and you'll probably win. Probably, right? um, it's a pretty would, simple plan. Yeah, I would say that's pretty simple. Um, but let's uh transition transition that whole penalty thing. Uh, into tonight's Monday night football game. Uh, the Bears going into Pittsburgh, facing the Steelers. Uh, do you know how many um, penalties the Bears had? Because it was ridiculous today. I mean... Yep. The Bears had 12 penalties for 115 yards. 115 <laughs> yards. And from the start, it was looking like it was just going to be a blowout, you know, Um Justin couldn't get comfortable in the pocket. Uh, they had no running game. TJ was Najee getting after him. Najee was rolling. Ben was rolling. Um, and I don't know if whose call it was, but Pittsburgh kind of just seemed to get conservative there um, after they kind of jumped out to that big lead. Um, you know, there was the third and one. They were getting to third and one, third and one. And they were just running with Najee straight up the middle. And you know, converted once, I think, didn't convert the other time. So, I mean, just a, I hate when teams do that. Personally, uh, I guess it's kind of half as a fan, half as just a strategic thing. Like, when you play not to lose, that's, I feel like, when you ask for trouble. When you lose. Yep. Because when you stop being aggressive, you're, you're not trying to win anymore, you know? Um, and as we saw today, you let these teams hang around. They're good, too. I mean, you know, Justin Fields is still learning. He's young, but he's athletic. He can make those plays. And Pittsburgh had chance after chance to, you know, just bury them. Um, Jakeem Grant had a big fumble on a kickoff return. Um, and, you know, you just wait around, wait around. And then, sure enough, you know, the Bears catch a break themselves um, the, on the punt. Ray Ray McLeod's Ray fumble. Ray McLeod made it a one score game so i mean you just you know like i don't because i like tomlin so i don't know if this was his call per se um but yeah you just let these teams just hang around hang around hang around you're just waiting and asking for something to happen um but i must say i think tomlin no yeah i think tomlin was relying on his defense because they were playing pretty well no they were playing well he didn't want to take any chances of you know than throwing a pick or right, putting right. the defense in a bad position. So I think that's probably due to why he was a little conservative, mm-hmm. a little over conservative. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're at home too. You got to go for that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, yeah. The Bears, you know, I don't like to blame refs, like just because. You know, I think there are going to be bad calls for each side, whatever. You got to play through it. But, man, there were some calls today that I really, really thought um, went in favor of the Steelers. Uh, Some of those calls, man, I mean, just not 
a lot there going against Chicago and just kind of would just kill their drives. And uh, the big one early was they called the low block on one of the guards that was pulling. Um, they said he was out of the tight end box or whatever it's called. You know, they went to the replay. Yeah, he was kind of still in that box. And he didn't even block. Uh, It was TJ Watt coming off the end. So I don't, like, call. I mean, uh, it was kind of a rough day to be a Chicago Bears fan. But I do think they have an upside um, because no matter how bad, you know, Justin was getting beat up back there. They weren't calling any roughing the penalties for him. Uh, sorry, roughing the passer penalties for him. He was getting beat up, but, you know, stuck through it. Um, I wasn't the biggest Justin Fields fan before, um, but, you know, he, like, dug deep, found a way to get the lead late. Um, and, of course, his defense couldn't hold because I think there was, like, an offsides on every single play that Pittsburgh ran on that last drive. <laughs> There's, like, two offsides and then that last drive. Two offsides. And – I mean, the worst part was some of them, you just, those are inexcusable penalties by and it's veteran, by veterans, veteran defensive linemen, former I Ram mean, and Cowboy right just there. Cannot happen. Like he, his hand, I mean, they show, when they show the replay, his hand is literally on that line of scrimmage. <laughs> and it's like, bro, I mean, I'm not an NFL defensive lineman, so I'm not going to talk about how hard or how easy it is to gauge, you know, lining up as close as you can without being up. I'm not going to say that, but I do know is that if I see the ball, say the ball is on the 45 yard line and that line marker runs across the field, I'm not going to put my hand on the 45 yard line. I don't know. That just, it's a no brainer to me. I'm not sure. Um, And I also don't know why, you know, going back to the coaching Nagy's obviously on the hot seat. That last uh, timeout. Oh, the, the timeout. Ti- the timeout to ice. That was the one that to try like, to. Bro, what are you doing? I'm. I'm not sure if he. Because that might have cost them the game. I. I figure. Because that uh, changes your whole entire playbook if you have right, that timeout. Right. You can so, attack the middle of the field. So that was my. That's what I was wondering. I guess he was just going for icing Boswell. Um. I mean, you're icing a kicker at home, you know, who's a vet, been doing a this vet. a long He's a time. Vet. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he missed that extra point earlier, but I mean, you know, I just kind of curious. I think you have to assume he makes that field goal um, and you play to try to get one more score at the end of regulation there. Um, because, yeah, not having that oh, timeout yeah. really hurt them. Uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh could just play the sidelines, basically. Yeah. Um, keep everything in the field of play. Um, and yeah, I, and even at the end to not know that your kicker doesn't have the leg to make it 65 yards. I mean, if he's good, if, you know, if you got a Justin Tucker, if you got like a Butker, if you got a Prater, uh, dudes with cannons for legs, I mean, <clears throat> wait, Greg, the leg. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Greg, the leg. Uh, the only thing is you don't know if it's going to go, 65 yards straight or 65 <laughs> yards at a 45 degree angle to the right. So that's all I'm saying. But you're just gonna take your chance on that one though. I mean, but to not even to because that ball was not even close. It bounced like dead in the middle of the end zone. 
Um, I thought it hit the crossbar. Okay, like, bro. I also said I that. Like, I was flipping out. I like, also, I also like, thought it hit the crossbar. Uh, but the angle that everyone had, yeah, the replay. Uh, yeah, it. The ball bounced so early. It <laughs> looked like it hit the top of the crossbar. Um, but it didn't. So, yeah, just um, but at that point, that's what I mean. Um, not knowing your kicker doesn't have the leg. That means you'd have a better chance at a Hail Mary to win the game, right? Because at least, you know, the ball is going to get to the end zone. You're going to give yourself a shot. He doesn't, and he may, was like maybe, short. Maybe they get a penalty in the end. Yeah, zone. You, you never know. You could um, get a PI and then the ball is at the one. <laughs> I mean, crazy things happen, right? But just things like that, like not even giving your team a chance there. Like, I don't know. I mean, Nagy's already on the hot seat. I think if... You know, we don't see much improvement. He might be out of there. So, I mean. He might be gone soon. And Pittsburgh is just, uh, again, I'm just not impressed. Their defense they is They win solid. ugly. They just they, win they ugly. They just win that's ugly. That's just the way they, that's the steal away. Just going back to last year, I thought they were overrated when they were, what, 11-0, 10-0, it was. I always thought they were overrated. They were the worst 11-0 team in NFL history, yeah. I think. Yeah, they just not last impressive. Year. Um, but they, you know, put it out in, yep, Steelers fashion, like you said. So, um, I think that'll wrap up our NFL talk for, for this week. Um, week nine's in the books. Yeah. Week nine's in the books. If you guys want to hear, um, other teams or hear us talk about other teams, you guys can let us know, but we're kind of just focusing on the games we think are, uh, the most important. Anyway, uh, trans- talking about uh, poor coaching, uh, let's uh, transition over to uh, the University of Hawaii playing their first home game with fans. Uh, it was a, I got to say this again, quote unquote, sold Packed out house. TC Packed King house. Stadium. <laughs> um, it looked pretty fun. You know, like I, I wouldn't mind going to a game if we could get tickets somehow. Uh <laughs> Because we're not very big donors, obviously. So. No, obviously not donors. We're not even That's UH alums. There. Yeah. Um, but we, me and Matt, were, you know, our families are season ticket holders. So we, we're one of the loyal fans that would go every year through the McMacken years, the Norm Chow years. We were there, uh, you know, kind of hard to pay attention at times, but we were, we would show up every week uh, to support the Bows. So, um, but going into this game, let's just the the rundown basically. Um, offense once again struggled uh, to really get anything done. Um, however, I I gotta say shout out to our defense. They really held it down. You know, San Diego State. In my opinion, they were overrated in the first place. Somehow they're the twenty four ranked team in, in the nation. I disagree. Uh, greatly their quarterback that dude is just an option quarterback um does not look comfortable sure. throwing the ball he's a georgia all. check guy that's why yeah <laughs> he does not look comfortable at all throwing the ball super athletic dude though i mean he can run uh he has kind of that straight straight line speed kind of thing but the hawaii defense did a good job stopping the run i mean if you think about it they really only let up um one touchdown on defense um so got a shout out to the defense, you know, they're flying around there making plays. 
giving our offense chance after chance after chance. Once again, we just could not convert. Um, I guess we can talk about our quarterback play first. Um, you know, I love Shevin as a like leader. It seems like, you know, like he has a pretty good command of that offense, but just, oh man, super athletic dude, uh, homegrown and everything, but just some of the decisions he makes are just questionable. Um, that one throw he had into triple coverage, um, I I don't know if he's, he just has that much faith in Calvin. The coaches are telling him to just feed Calvin the ball, but throwing that ball into triple coverage, leading to the pick. Um, I mean, he was 19 of 34, nothing spectacular there. Um, and we run the ball well, and for whatever reason, we just don't like to go with the run. I mean, yeah, we were trailing, but we were trailing by a touchdown for most of the game. We just abandoned the run again. So, I mean, just so frustrating to watch some of these uh, play calls and they're, they want Shevin to drop back and pass. He's, he doesn't, he's not a drop back passer. Um, that's just not who he is. And, oh, man. We really needed this win to, to, help our bowl game chances now we got to win out and uh it's not looking it's so not good for the Hawaii bowl this year um yeah, so, yeah I, I think I, i'm on the opposite side of you about shevin like you said you like shevin well i no i, I like i, I like my, him as a as like as a, a person person yeah person yeah. as an athlete okay not he reminds me of like uh funaki back in the day like <laughs> You cannot, okay. I could not trust him to throw, but when he starts moving around, like that's when you get to see his talent shine through. But yeah, I, yeah, I'll go ahead. You get, your I team. mean, I'm not a obviously, you know, we're not D1 athletes or D1 quarterbacks, so I get it. It's a hard position to play, but I think the one critique that I have of Shevin's game is he just stares down one receiver the whole time it's like he he's like gonna throw to him no matter what and i think that's what gets him into trouble and i think we can kind of go to you know the ending of the game obviously where a lot of the action took place but i think every throw that he made on that last drive he didn't look anywhere else like he was a one look guy and i thought two or three times like oh my god like what are you doing like that's literally what i was doing yeah um and actually, he had a chance there at the end. Um, towards the end, he had, um, I think it was Phillips, the tight end, in the back of the end zone. And just, he's not gifted enough yeah. as a thrower to just yeah. make an off-balance throw like that. Because um, he had him, that window was there. He just didn't hit him there. Um, and going to go back to the final play of the game. Um, so it was, for those of you that don't know, it was third down. I think they were around the 20 yard line about there. Um, yeah. Around there. Right and the so there were 10 seconds left um, with, we have no, time with no timeouts. Um, and so this is poor. I think this goes back to coaching um, players, not being prepared for the right situations um, and just kind of not great 
maybe it was maybe just poor decision making um but um so Shevin decides to throw a quick pass on kind of the outside to Parsons um who instead of trying to fight his way to get out of bounds cuts in towards the middle of the field gets tackled gets up in a hurry at this point the clock five seconds the play itself took four or five seconds so there's no way you're going to get all the receivers that ran into the end zone expecting the ball um to get them to come back get the lineman to come back to get set uh the refs got to set the ball and we just don't even get a final shot at the end of the game um so just so many things wrong like first of all shevin has to know that you have 10 seconds you left can, you can't throw that pass you can't throw that pass with 10 seconds no. left um you know but like i said this could go back to coaching too we don't know we're this is just the fan we're just the fan and the fanatic here um but you cannot i mean just you we we have to get a chance at the end zone there um you know, like that San Jose State game, we had a chance. They threw that uh, the ball in the end zone. We didn't Start get up. it. Okay, you know, another rough game to lose at home, but to not even get the chance there. Everyone I know, um, like my brother said, "Oh, Parsons, you got to bat that down." Or some of my friends are saying, "You got to just bat that pass down." But I mean, when you're the receiver in the heat of the moment and you see the nah, ball coming at you, that's not Parsons. I I don't think that's his yeah. fault. If anything, he he should have tried to get out of bounds there. Uh, but he was, he's just trying to make a play. Um, but yeah, I just, it just seemed like poor, um, preparedness by the UH offense there at the end. Um, oh, yeah. just, just so frustrating to, to see it end like that after the def- defense gave them such a good game. And I don't know if you're watching too, like once Parsons was tackled, like, especially Calvin Turner, I was watching him like on the screen. Like, mm-hmm. he wasn't even, like, sprinting to get back. It was, like, like oh, like, a, you know, another play. And it's, like, oh, shoot, like, we got five seconds left. <laughs> it's, like, bro, like, get back to the line of scrimmage. Like, you got to know what's going on. Like, th- like that goes back, you know, like to what you said, coaching. And, and the coaching, players, they're not, they're not used to, to being in that situation, I guess. And, like, um, I, I don't know if I've said this before, but on, on this show, but I've spoken – Calvin Turner is probably the most uh, talented offensive player we have. Oh, but yeah. Some of his football IQ just does not translate to his talent. Um, we can go back to the game. We upset Fresno State, and he's taking the knee um, to end the game and fumbles the ball on the last play. Luckily, Shager's there to jump on it. Um, I mean, just just things like that. Like and like you said, this past game, he's not, you know, doesn't realize the urgency of the situation until it's too late. Uh, it's just mad. If I don't know if he's distracted, I don't know if he just, you know, isn't paying attention. I I don't know what it is. That's just something I notice. Uh, we notice as fans, but um, yeah, just super frustrating uh we need i don't know if you know this matt but we don't have a special teams coordinator did you know that yeah okay (laughs) so i think that's a glaring need (laughs) i think that is yeah (laughs) um i think we've had three block punts so far in the season um obviously yesterday that 
special teams touchdown for San Diego or sorry, Saturday rushing, um, rushing touchdown for San Diego state on special teams, have their holder run it in because we overload one side of the line every single time. And there's no one to block uh, in open space. It's just, I guess it's just going to be another one of those uh, UH football seasons going to be going to be rough, but um, still have, I mean, the season's not dead yet, so I guess we'll see what happens, but yeah, just pretty disappointing. They just got to beat UNLV and get back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right. yeah, let's transition from football here. Just briefly talk about um, my Lakers uh, and LeBron James. So LeBron's been out for those of you that don't know uh, past couple games with an abdomen indi- injury. Um, and Westbrook, uh, I'm not even going to call him Russ. Westbrook has been leading uh, the Lakers basically when LeBron's out on the floor. And Russell uh, Westbrook or Russell Westbrook. Okay. <laughs> we can get into names and whatever, all that stuff later. But um, I said at the beginning of the season, I would have much rather us go after a little bit more um, of the role players that were on the market. I really thought Buddy Heald would be a good fit uh, for the Lakers. Uh, you know, I have Tristan Palenka. He went after um, he went after Russ, gave up Trez, KCP, and Kuz, who are by the way, all three of them are balling out in Washington now. And uh, the first round pick. Yep. Oh, yeah. And the first round pick. So um season's still early, but um considering I don't know if they won today, but Oklahoma City's only two wins up until a couple games ago were against the Lakers. Um and they're just getting stomped by everyone else. I mean, Shea just must smell blood in the water every time he sees that purple and gold. But uh, still early, Lakers. Dare I say, do you, it's possible they move Westbrook this season. I I strongly believe that if you know they're kind of just hanging around that six, seven, eight seed uh, in the West when it comes closer to the trade deadline, I don't. They might bail on him. Um, and but the question is, who would take him? But his stock is going down. Yeah. So, so if you trade him, you, the, you ain't gonna the get return. Much yeah, the return, return is gonna be yeah. much lower. I agree. Um, yeah, I guess we'll have to see. But uh, we'll we'll get more into depth uh, basketball when the season starts picking up some more. Got to watch out for Golden State though, uh, especially when Clay comes back. Ooh, and uh, Steph just dropped a fifty bomb tonight. Um, Lakers gonna uh, I mean Warriors gonna be there again man it's Makes it's like sick <laughs> it's gonna be the revenge of Clay man he's gonna take out all his the revenge tour yeah of the basketball gods what the basketball gods have been doing to Clay you know the injuries the getting snubbed off the top 75 uh, he's gonna come back I think he's gonna be a flamethrower shout out to uh, Clay he's on my fantasy team uh right matt i know you wanted him but <laughs> i settled for oladipo for an injured guy <laughs> um but yeah so gonna be an interesting nba season as well i think um well at least if the season ended today the lakers are in the eighth spot <laughs> <laughs> gosh that's real and reassuring. and they would play portland 
Who is oh. it? The Nines. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, they could potentially play Portland in that uh, play-in tournament play if in. it ended today. But obviously, a long ways to go. <sighs> yeah. Um. I guess we'll give... Uh, you want to give us a quick breakdown? Do we even want to break this game down? This game was... Our game was sad. So me and Matt playing uh, OBL. It's like an adult league, an adult baseball rec league in Hawaii. And uh, we played each other. It's always good for bragging rights. Matt's team, uh, no clue, is 2-0 and against us. Uh, our team is the has we've, we've won every game every season. Let's just say that. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, they have all the bragging rights, whatever. Um, really sad, though, because yesterday our game was – that game was totally winnable for us. Usually you guys come out – you guys do, like, kind of dominate, do really well. Um, that game – I mean, we just made a lot of errors. I I made an error. Uh, I'm just like lost out there in right field. I don't even know what I was doing. Um, but at least neither of us had a hit. So, I mean, I know you were pretty frustrated, visibly frustrated out there. Um, especially Eli getting out there. Shout out Eli. <laughs> Eli got you out <laughs> shout, twice. Shout Eli, out Eli hasn't played baseball in. Since high school, I'm Since pretty high sure. school, so that's like yeah. four years. Four, four years, years for him. Uh, but he's coming in there, filling in at second base, filling in at shortstop, <laughs> getting mad out twice. <laughs> I just thought that was so funny. Some, something Jared can't do, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> for those um, of you that don't know, Jared dropped a very routine. <laughs> one of our friends from college dropped a routine, routine play at first. Yeah. A little soft flare. And he let me get on. So thank you, Jared. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Shout out to the has been. Shout out to No Clue. Uh, we're coming for you in the playoffs, though. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but we got uh, a Mr. Tanner Enoy that'll be joining us. Uh, you're pretty lucky he didn't pitch against you guys because uh, <laughs> might have been a little bit different story. But uh, yeah. I guess so time will tell. And time, time will tell. tell. Time will tell. Um, so just kind of last quick thing to wrap it up uh me and matt are going to give our predictions uh for the end of the season awards for the the mlb so first up cy young matt what who do you got al and nl let's see well al we got garrett cole lance lynn and robbie ray obviously as the fanatic i would love to see garrett cole win but unbiasedly i think robbie way robbie ray should win this i think so too i he was yeah he came out of nowhere man I yeah mean, he was he was pumping it this year yeah and so he's been around he really broke out yeah he's a veteran guy mm-hmm. and he really found found something this year so mm-hmm. hey maybe he might be on the yankees next year he's a free agent <laughs> yeah every, you want i everyone. would say robbie i yeah i do want everyone that's the yankee everyone. way that is the yankee way um I'll, I'll I'm gonna agree. go Robbie yeah. Ray. I, I would I would agree there too. I'll go Robbie Ray. Um switching over to the NL. Um yeah, who we got? We got, we got Corbin got... Burns, Max Scherzer, and Zach Wheeler. That, that's an interesting one to me. I don't I really don't know on this one. Well, first of all, I can't even decide on this because of, okay, it's not even first, first of all, these these finalists two are missing. You're missing two of the best pitchers in baseball in Julio Urias and a Walker Bueller of the Dodgers. One led the league in wins and the other was up there in, you know, it did 
did Walker, he might have led the league in ERA as well. Um, so to not even have them, I think I'm Burns, sure. I think Corbin Burns did Burns have a lower well, one? Well, Walker I know Walker's, up, yeah, he was up there for sure. Uh, so I'm already completely, um, <laughs> kind okay, of, but that means we would have three Dodgers for the side, exactly. <laughs> Any no, um, jokes aside, I think, um, Burns started off super hot, so I mean, he didn't keep that same pace that he had going but uh, i just think overall um i would i would give it to burns that's just me though i, yeah. I would probably i'm gonna uh, second you on that yeah I, I would i would give it to burns i think um, wheeler wheeler had the hotter start i mean i know burns had that ridiculous walk that re- to strike out yeah 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 but wheeler was he was pumping it early mm-hmm. i think he kind of faded at the end a little bit but that's kind of everyone as you yeah. get into august next september so I'm yeah. gonna go Corbin Burns too. Yeah, I was close to giving it to Max just because he turned it on at the end for us, at least. Um, yeah, you know, fizzled towards the end of the playoffs. But yeah, after that initial trade, who? I mean, he was just an instant win every game. He was out there. Um, but yeah, I'll I'll give the nod to Corbin Burns uh, slightly. Um, and so finally, right. we'll switch to the MVP. MVP. I think we have a consensus on the American League MVP. We got um, Vladdy, Shohei, and Marcus Simeon. Shout out Marcus Simeon. Shout out Marcus Simeon. What man. a year. Quietly had one of the best uh, years in baseball. Actually, he had the most home runs, I think, by a second baseman all time. Um, really? Yeah. So, um, shout out Marcus Simeon, man. Dude. He, he's like a he was a grinder um worked hard got it done uh shout out to vladdy too i mean honestly if it wasn't for the other candidate i think it would be um an undisputed uh nod to vladdy i mean just the numbers he put up he was the best hitter um in baseball basically a pure hitter across the board hit for power hit for average um just kind of i mean the, the most impressive thing to me about Vladdy is, you know, not only living up to the hype, but after all, he had all the hype, you know, uh, his dad is obviously Vlad Guerrero Sr. Um, living up, trying to live up to all that hype at, you know, 19, 20 years old, um, coming in and you struggle. And then all the overrated chants come in and, oh, you know, like you're, you can't live up to this expectation for all that to happen and then bounce back and have the year that he had, I think that's just so much more impressive because it's not like he came out of nowhere. Um, he was there. He had the pressure, couldn't face it, um, didn't amount to the, his standards right away, and then came back um, and had, had the year that he had. Shout out to Vladi. I just thought that was super impressive. So I'm going to say you, you think Shohei is going to win MVP then? Yes. Yes, no doubt. There's no doubt in my mind. I think baseball, um, it's going to be, I mean, even if it is rigged, it's going to be rigged for Shohei. He, um, yeah. Like, just the amount of attention he brought to baseball this year, um, you really can't compare that to any anything else. Um, just the pitching and the hitting. He had the highest war um, in the league. So, I mean, just flat out outstanding stuff he hit a little slump there at the end um but just the consistency he showed 
um, on the mound. You know, it was only really one or two bad games he had on the whole year where he really got roughed up uh, once by your Yankees and then uh, once by uh, the once bombers. by the Astros. The um, cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, justice served, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think it's just it'll be good for baseball. It just makes sense. Um, and he potentially the new face of the league right there. Um, I think he is. If, yeah. if he can stay healthy. I mean, there, I don't, I still don't think there's any doubt about Mike Trout being one of the, if not best player in baseball, just overall. Um, but he doesn't have that, that flair or that, um, that just that marketing. But that he has that paparazzi. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Shohei is a super humble guy too. Um, mm-hmm. But just, you know, it's what everyone loves. People throwing 100 plus miles an hour, lots of strikeouts as a pitcher. And then on the hitting side, the guy that hits nukes um, <laughs> and he can steal bases too. I mean, it's just kind of the ultimate player, basically, that you, you kind of want. So, um, yeah, do, would you, you agree, right? Oh, yeah, you said you agree with Shohei. Um, I think he's going to win, but if I was voting, I honestly wouldn't vote for him. You'd vote for Vladdy? I would vote for Vlad. And it's not a knock <laughs> against Shohei, but I think what Vlad did and, like, the ability to carry his team, like, with an impact. Because the Angels are losing, remember? Like, we got to kind of keep that in mind. I, I kind of value winning. And the Blue Jays, they were, you know, fighting for the wild card. And right. I think Vlad, Vlad had an outside shot at the Triple Crown, too, which, by the way, is something that's really hard to do mm-hmm. in baseball. Mm-hmm. So... I think Shohei, what I think I need to see from him is I need to see him do something similar next year because this is the first year that he's really right, right. come around. Put it so together. if he can be consistent, then I'm all in. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He deserves – he's going to win the MVP this year. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, but so interesting you brought up the, the winning thing. I do agree there, but it's almost like um, because you look at – there are two MVP candidates on the Blue Jays, <laughs> right? I mean, this is this is kind of like that whole basketball MVP debate, right? right? LeBron, it's what what is your definition of MVP? Because LeBron, if you're talking about best player, LeBron had been that best player in the league undisputed for I don't know how long. There, I, mean, I think um, LeBron should have had like ten MVPs. Ten MVP. I mean, I mean, if, that's if, just my. Thing. If you define MVP as the best player in the league, you give it to LeBron. Even if you describe MVP as you take it, you know, um, as its name is, you know, most valuable player, it's still LeBron. So, I mean, kind of hard to debate down there. But, yeah, like, like I said, you know, best player versus what value that one player brings to the team. I I guess there's a lot of different ways to look at it, but um, I th- that's why I think the the voting could hurt Vladdy there, just because Simeon had the year that um, he had. Um, and then last but not least, transitioning over to the NL, man, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah. To me, I, to me, these are like my three favorite players in the National League. I think all three of them have that swagger, that confidence. Like 
and they can hit. But yeah. I, I mean, guess, but to, to put a prediction, I would say this is a tough one. To me, honestly, this is the most tough. Yeah, decision. I think so too. It's but I'm I'm gonna say Harper. I'm gonna say Harper because of the consistency. Right. I, I think Soto well. Soto started slow, but he he turned it on. Yeah, he caught on fire. Uh, Tatis was half. the was the opposite. He mm-hmm. started hot. Obviously, Padres in general just kind of faded out. I think that's gonna hurt Tatis as well. Yeah. Um, the fact that they Harper fizzled. Harper was he was kind of at least riding the wave, kind of you mm-hmm. know, steady. So. I would I would go Harper and Allen just for consistency. Yeah, I was gonna give the slight edge to Harper over Soto. Um, I mean Dodgers fan, yeah, Dodgers fan. Hard for me to cheer for Tatis. He kills (laughs) us, but um, yeah, I mean, I think he because he wasn't he didn't play the whole season either. He was hurt for a while. Um, that kind of hurt his numbers there. But um, yeah, I think just the Padres going on that slide like they did, just kind of hard to have an MVP on a team that's just completely <laughs> dropped off the face of the earth there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess we do have fairly consensus picks for MVP. Uh, I guess we'll get to see in the next few days how that turns out. But other than that, Matt, do you want to say anything else for uh, all our viewers out there? Because clearly we have a ton of them. <laughs> All I know is, uh, well, I guess you should say that we're both going to be oh, traveling. Oh, yeah, we're going to be traveling, yeah. So uh, you might not hear from us for a week or two. I mean, but, uh, right? I mean we'll, we'll see how consistent we are in these episodes. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but Hey, we're not, I'm not saying how long we're gone. I'm saying that's, we're going okay. on the trip. So that's expect, true. just don't, don't expect anything, you know. That's true. That's true. Give us um, some time. <laughs> But always remember, every Sunday, go watch the boys. They play next week Sunday against the Falcons. Starting mm-hmm. a new winning streak. That's what I like to hear. Um, but yeah, Matt's heading up to finally grab all his stuff. Oh, <laughs> 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 stuff from college. Uh, and then and then you're going to Vegas. To I'm lose. going to Vegas, baby. M- lose money or win money? So we'll see. No, win money. I got to <laughs> manifest it right now. I'm going to win gonna come back if i hit the mega bucks matt i will convert to a full-time podcaster i swear (laughs) to god i'm gonna do it and then our our episodes are gonna be amazing so all i need is just a couple million to do that though you know that's it but (laughs) but yeah you can retire (laughs) yeah that's true i'll retire at 23 be living the life um but other than that um that'll wrap up episode three of the fan and the fanatic with greg and matt so until next time thank you guys and we will see you later